Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast with Wesleyan. Today, I am so excited to have Wayne Altman here. How are you, Wayne? I'm fine. It's good to be here. Awesome. Let me tell you guys a little bit about Wayne. He has a strong desire to make a difference to the people around him. He has worn many hats during his 54 years of life on planet. He was born in California, but raised in Texas. He grew up knowing that he wanted to serve others. He currently owns 14 online businesses, all designed to enrich the lives of his customers and his community. His latest business is Melody Clouds, a subscription relaxation website and app. There are over 8,000 hours of guided meditation and 17,000 audiobooks, all designed to relax and educate subscribers. At a price point, other services just won't touch. He's married to the love of his life, Tracy, and together they are raising three beautiful and talented daughters, Cassidy, Reagan, and Morgan. So tell me, 54 years of life, 14 online businesses, how did you start your career and how did you get to where you are today? Okay, so I started, when I got out of high school, I went to cooking school for a couple of years. And I went long enough to realize that I didn't want, you know, people sweating in my food and screaming at me in the kitchen. And so (laughs) I thought, man, I got to find something else to do. And I had no idea what it was going to be. So Mm. I did what a lot of people in Texas, South Texas do. I joined the military. I was in the army for eight years. And it was, you know, for somebody young, I don't know what people's impression of the army is, but for me, it was, it was a defining moment in my life. It was a time in my, it was great. Mm. I had a very, very good time in the army, went through desert storm and got out and tried to go back to school. Hmm. But I realized that I was just, I was too old and had too much experience Mm. for who I was going to school with. So I went into the mortgage business. I've written six books on mortgage and credit, and I did that to learn about that business. Mm -hmm. Most people will write a book about what they know. Mm -hmm. I write books about what I don't know so I can learn about that thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So at that point, you know, I've, I've been working in sales and in credit for, you know, probably 18, 20 years. And then when COVID hit, I was working for Traveler's Choice Luggage. I was working for a luggage company and travel got shut down in the US Hmm. and they scaled back. They took PPP funds and laid everybody off. And so Hmm. I needed something to do very quickly because you mentioned I'm married. I've got three kids. I got a nice house here in California. (laughs) Those bills did not stop coming in and I had to pivot quickly. Hmm. So... I started with a survival store and we just started building a brand. We just started building a brand and right now it's at 14 websites, 15 with Melody Clouds. And Melody Clouds was a little bit interesting, real quick, because I have tinnitus or tinnitus. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a screeching in my ear. Mm -hmm. And back in May of last year, a friend of mine who also suffers from that condition Mm -hmm. introduced me to binaural beats and solfeggio frequencies. Hmm. It was the first time in like 35 years I'd ever heard silence Mm. at any point. I can walk into a quiet room and still hear the screeching in my ear. Right now, that's what I hear. Mm -hmm. So I started Melody Cloud so I could bring that to other people, that Mm. silence. And it has grown. It's just exploded. 
we have 300,000 files right now on Melody Clouds. I mean, it is probably one of the fastest growing things I've done. Wow. So you've had such a, a vast experience from your military experience to working in mortgage to now this um, real passion project, something that affects you personally that you took and turned into a business. So you mentioned when you got out of the military, you were like, ah, what am I going to do? And you realized you wanted to go back to school, but you said it just wasn't the best fit for you. Tell us more about that. I'm glad you asked me that because, you know, while I was in the army, I was stationed in Germany. I went to the University of Mannheim and then transferred to the University of Heidelberg. I had to learn a foreign language in order to go to college and take those classes. Mm. When I got home, I went to Sam Houston State University in Texas, and I'm sure you're familiar with that, and they didn't want to take any of those credits. Mm. None. I had GI Bill and college fund that I paid for. You know, most people think that the government gives you GI Bill and college fund. That is absolutely untrue. You put that money into an account. It's your money. And you put it into an account. And then when, you're, when you get out or as you're you know, going through the military, you can use that money for education. But there's a caveat to that. If you don't use it within 10 years of getting out of service, Mm-hmm. That money evaporates. It goes away. So anyone within the sound of my voice, huh. if, yes, that is not the reaction that I had, Wesley. <laughs> my, my reaction was some curse words and some very bad language. <laughs> and some, that was <sighs> no one, no one tells you that. No one told me that. Wow. I thought I would be able to give it to my children or to someone yes. on the screen. I thought I would be able. It was my money. I'm still salty about that. That's over, you know, 30 years ago. I'm still mad about that. Wow. So, and to get through school, I was a death row prison guard. I went to work for TDC Mm -hmm. and I worked at the Ellis unit and the Walls unit and with executions, two executions. Mm. So, you know, you're right. I've done a few things in my life and, you know, a couple of those things have, all of those things cumulatively have led me to where I am right now. So when we think about, I mean, like really even thinking about you pay into something and on the other side, you're thinking that I'm getting like, oh, I'm just investing. Like this is a retirement or this is a fund that I'm putting money into. And as you were talking about that, it made me think about as business owners, a lot of times that's what we think we're doing. We're like, oh, I'm investing in this and I'm going to get a return on my investment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after I I put so much money in or so much time in, then I'm going to start making six and seven and eight figures. But it doesn't quite happen like that. So share with us, you have all of these businesses, right? Mm -hmm. And one thing that I liked when we uh, spoke previously was you're like, once you figure out one, you just rinse and repeat. So what were some of those trials, those things that you had to do to really figure out how to get your first business started and then ideate and keep going? Okay, so this is good too. You asked really good questions. <laughs> Thank um, you. So I'll take it back to the books, okay? So the first book I ever wrote was called Credit 101, okay? okay? And I had a mortgage company and the loan officers that worked for me could not read a credit report. They would bring me these credit reports, these customers, that couldn't buy steam off a hot dog and they're trying to buy a home, okay? And I realized, I thought, oh my God, I got a real problem because they keep bringing me piles of customers Mm. that I can't do anything with. So I'm going to write a book teaching them how to read a credit report 
That way they don't bring me this junk anymore. Okay. Mm. All right. Brilliant idea. The book was great, but I couldn't get anyone to publish that book. I mean, who wants to read about credit, right? Who wants to read yeah. about credit? So I self-published. It cost me $10,000 of my own hard-earned money. Wow. I spent $10,000 to self-publish that book, Credit 101. Hmm. You know how much money I made on by self-publishing that book? Hmm. $0.0. <laughs> I mean, you talk about return on investment. There was <laughs> none. I made zero, zero. $0. Yes. Okay. Now, but... I got a $10,000 education. Now I knew how to write a book. I knew how to publish a book. I knew how to, you know, put that book out there, what it took. Okay. What it took. All right. So, so I want to pause you there, sure. Wayne, because you mentioned something that a lot of people, whether you're a business owner, sales leader, or salesperson doesn't realize. So you said, I'm going to do this. I'm investing my own money. I want this book to be amazing. And you said it made no money. Yeah. But you reframe that. And the reframe was, I got a $10,000 education of what oh, to wait. do and what not to do. Right? And I know yeah. you might dip into, we're going to keep going down that path. But I think we have to realize that sometimes what we think needs to happen doesn't happen. And the universe, God, whoever you believe in, whatever that power is out there, yeah. the, your stars become aligned because it's like, this isn't the lesson I need you to learn right now. This isn't what I need you to do right now. What I need you to do is focus on what you're learning. Focus on the outcome of this. You're 100% right. If you waste those lessons, and some people need to be taught more than once. So let me, yeah. let me tell you about Mortgage 101. I wrote Credit 101. Now all my loan officers, they knew all about the credit report. They would bring me the good customers. Yeah. But I discovered very quickly they were putting each one of these customers in the same exact loan. Didn't matter if they were 80 years old with good credit. Didn't matter mm. if they were 30 years old buying their first home. Everybody went into the same loan. Well, mm. that's, that's real bad. That's real bad. So I already knew what the answer was. I'm going to write a book called Mortgage 101, and I'm going to teach you about all of these different mortgage products, right? Mm. And that's what I did. And then I thought, okay, well, now I know how not to publish a book. I'm going to redo this. And the next book, Mortgage 101, cost me $8,000 to publish of my hard-earned money, of my own money. Okay. $8,000. Now, do you know how much money that book made? Zero dollars. Oh, okay. $8, We're two for two. Two That's for right. two. Um, I love it. $8,000 in, I have made <sighs> zero money. Goose. Goose egg. Okay. Wow. Now, man, did that sting. That really mm. stung. But I got another $8,000 education. As a matter of fact, I proved that $2,000 of the first education really came in handy. Mm. Okay. A few years later... I figured out what the problem was. I had written two academic books and tried to sell them to the populace that really is not going to sit down and read an mm. academic book on credit and mortgage. Yeah. And I wrote, When Bad Credit Happens to Good People. Mm. That book cost me virtually nothing to publish, maybe 65 bucks for the copyright. I made hundreds of thousands of dollars on that book. Mm. That book's still available on Amazon if anybody out there, you know, cares to read it. And, you know, it has been a very profitable, very successful book. So nanny nanny boo boo, I got one in there, you know. 
So just proving that I learned the lesson. And I got some really good experiences with that book along the way. I was in Washington, D.C. on a tour of the Library of Congress. And I slipped in with a tour group and the librarian or one of the librarians at the Library of Congress asked everyone, has anyone ever published a book? And I raised my hand and she said, what's the name of the book? And I told her, when bad credit happens to good people. Mm -hmm. And she paused, looked down, and she goes, this has never happened. And there's got to be 30 people standing around. And she goes, sir, your book is in the room. It's here. Wow. And I was like, whoo. And everybody like clapped for me and stuff. It was very cool. It was very cool. So someone, a senator or a congressman, was using my book there for research of some kind. Yeah, it was very cool. So I want to talk about that tenacity and that resiliency that caused you to keep going because $18,000 in, I'm guessing this was many months, many years, lots of stress, lots of late nights. How did you keep going? What helped you keep moving, stepping forward towards this goal you had? I have always been like that. Every single one of us is like that. You want to know the truth. Now, you may change directions, but very few of us just quit, give up, and, you know, I mean, we may take a breath, we may take a pause. People don't have a problem in being resilient and, you know, moving forward. I have a very positive view of human beings when it comes to that. They may not know where they're going. They may not know how to take that next step. It may be tentative. I move boldly. You know, I mean, look, I'm swinging. Okay, I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm going to take that swing. Okay, mm -hmm. people need to understand professional baseball player, professional baseball player has maybe a 250 or 300 batting average. That means out of 10 swings, they only connect on three. Mm. And that's a pro making millions of dollars a year. Or if you're a wide receiver, you only make X number of catches on so many attempts or a quarterback. You understand? Mm -hmm. Millions of dollars we pay these people to do this. So if you can't fail, you got a real problem. I mean, mm -hmm. a real problem. Mm -hmm. If you're in a, and by the way, no one's employer is going to accept three successes out of every 10 attempts, right? Mm -hmm. Try going to McDonald's and making a quarter pounder three times out of every 10 you try. Mm -hmm. You'll get fired quickly. So people just need to reframe. Those successes are great. I learn as much, if not more, from the failures or the things that I don't quite succeed at. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I love watching my kids, you yeah. know, because you know, my daughter last night came home and said I had a horrible practice. I said, good, good, because that means you spent my money wisely. Mm-hmm. You know, now you know what it takes to have a good practice. You're going to prepare yourself. You're going to eat. You're going to do the things that need to be done in order to change that. You didn't like that taste in your mouth from a bad practice. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. Yeah. No one sets out to lose $18,000, okay? That money was real money. It had to be made in one spot in order to be spent in another. You feel me? Absolutely. So when you do that, you really pay attention to what you're doing. You know, you learn these lessons. And that's the only way to learn them too, by the way. You gonna find that in a book? <laughs> you're gonna find out, I mean, you're gonna read about me losing 18, it doesn't apply to you. You need to go ahead and lose that money yourself and mm -hmm. see what that's like. 
Yeah, you bring up a lot of good points there. One thing that is really important, I think, is that fail forward. Don't fail back, right? Yeah. Fail forward. So when you fail, when there's something that happens that isn't according to your plan, and again, it's not according to your plan, but there's always a lesson to be learned in it. And instead of taking that failure and wallowing in it and becoming depressed and despondent, you take that and you say, okay, that's fine. I failed. And I always say it is okay to fail once, never fail the same way again. Never fail the same way again. Right. Failure, we learn more in our failure than in our successes. Because when things are going well, we just zoom to the next thing and zoom to the next thing. And as human beings, not salespeople, not business owners, not leaders, as human beings, we have to start coming to grips with dealing with the stuff, the yucky that comes with failure, right? And it's okay. And that's what I like. It is absolutely okay. And as you're teaching your your daughters, it's like, yeah, uh-huh. You didn't have a good game. That's great. You didn't have a good practice. That's amazing. You didn't make an A on that test. Good. Like right. one of the things I tell my teenage son, I'm like, he's like, I only got two wrong on the test. I'm like, okay, well, why did you get them wrong? I don't know. I only got two wrong. No, you need to figure it out so you don't get them ever wrong ever again. Every time. Well, you know, it's like this. I mean, my daughters play volleyball. If they miss a pass, I always ask them, are you done? Y'all lost that game. Okay. Are you done? Because if you're done, then yeah, I guess you failed. If you're not done, then this is in process. Mm -hmm. This issue that I'm having with Melody Clouds right now, you know, I go away on vacation. I come back. I was sharing with you a little bit. You know, we're having an issue. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to change providers. If that were the end of the story, if getting hacked or, you know, having an issue, if that was where it ended, okay, one could argue that it failed. But I'm not done yet. It's not finished yet. Okay? I didn't even put the cake in the oven. Forget about icing. I haven't even put the cake in the oven. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to remake the batter. No problem. Mm -hmm. Give me some eggs. Mm -hmm. You know, what do I have left in the kitchen that I can rebuild this mm -hmm. or remake this? And if you're going to stop your momentum with one failure, one setback, not even a failure, most people, they just don't know how to react to that setback. Mm -hmm. Well, here, I'm going to give you a very brief, you roll up your sleeves, you put your head down, and you move past it. I don't hear, I've taken that word out of my vocabulary. I may hear not now. I may hear, you know, not at the moment. I never, ever, ever allow myself to hear. It just, you know what I mean? You cannot allow yourself to hear that. Yeah. Many times what, and Wayne didn't want to say it. Many times when you hear a no, it could be a not right now or not yet, right? And so for me, I always reframe that. This is not a period. This is a comma. This is a comma, yeah. and then what's going to come after that comma? What's going to happen next? What things am I going to use to do to help me accelerate this growth? So you've had a very dynamic career. You've had a very dynamic life. And I'm curious, what is one experience in your life that has impacted the way that you show up and lead today? Okay, so I was in the military, you know, I was in the Army, and I had some of the best leaders. I mean really had some very, very good, strong leadership leaders, you know, whether they're, you know, enlisted or whether they were, you know, officers. And one in particular, Bob Neighbors, really uh, was a colonel, it ended up being a brigadier general or major general, major general. 
and he would always be very encouraging. Field grade officers are awesome. You can make it to a field grade officer that you really start caring about the troops. You understand, to get to that point, you understand how the military works and what it runs on and all that. And he, I drove for him. And so I looked forward to that opportunity. Everyone else hated driving for the colonel, okay? And I did not because he was someone that I really enjoyed being around. He had a great family and I really enjoyed being around him. I wasn't intimidated by him. He didn't throw his rank around and he was really someone who he intuitively knew when his little sergeant had a problem mm -hmm. and he cared. And so I have tried to take those things off. He's since passed away. So, you know, general neighbors, I, I've taken your lessons and moved them forward. You know, I always really took that. Plus, I've surrounded myself with extremely positive and good people. You don't, you're not negative around me. You are not negative around me. I will burn you out just quick. I don't like negative Nancy's. Ne you know, my wife, she tries to do that to me sometimes, you know, and I'm like, Tracy, uh-uh. We're going to look at this and we're going to be positive about it. She'll tell you. You know, I am a very positive, forward-thinking person. Nothing is out of reach. And I pounded that into my three kids. They understand we can bring a problem to him, but he's going to fix that problem. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about a problem, go to your girlfriends. You know, <laughs> I am here to, I'm here to chew bubble gum and to fix problems. That's fantastic. Learning from someone who has such deep expertise in terms of leadership and development and really soaking it in. It's like, I just want to be a part of your band. Um, I heard somebody speak one time and he said that his wife was a, a renowned journalist and she would travel all over the world. And a lot of times they'd be getting into the VIP sections and they were like, okay, where are your credentials? He was like, I'm with her. Right. And so it's not about always what you have or what you're bringing to the table, but yeah. I'm with her, I'm with him. And having that positivity and really surrounding yourself with people who are speaking positivity into you, listening to podcasts, listening to music, things that are feeding your soul and your spirit. That right. is really what helps you enhance and grow and develop. Yeah. You focus on any, with anything. Okay. You focus on the mission. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're a chef in the kitchen, it's that meal. If you're in the military, it's that hill. We got to take that hill. You know, my wife does events, big, large, massive events. She has five world's records mm. for her events. And she is probably one of the best. I've learned from her how to punt. And in that world, punting means this has failed. Now I've got to fix this problem. Mm -hmm. And Tracy is probably one of the greatest problem solvers I have ever witnessed, and again, I've been around. You said it, I've done a lot of stuff. My wife solves problems better than, she should be president because she is a problem solver, very mm. good at solving problems. I have learned so much about solving problems from my wife, and I'm ashamed to say I'm probably just realizing that, but she's someone else that really has had an impact on me. That is so amazing. I just love when men shower their wives with affirmations and love. It's just yeah. amazing to have a partner that's walking beside you and really standing there with you in the trenches. Um, Wayne, this has been a fantastic conversation. Oh, wow. Done. Yeah. <laughs> 
How, if someone <laughs> wants to get in contact with you, what is the one best way? Best way is Wayne Altman at Melody Clouds. That gets directly to me. I want everybody to check out Melody Clouds. It really is a very good way of relaxing. And I've put, and we are still putting a little bit of something for everybody on Melody Clouds. So however you relax, we've got that for you. So yeah, but that's how they get in touch with me. Well, thank you so much. As I said, thank this has been me. a pleasure. I thank you for your time, your talent, and your expertise of sharing with the audience today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very good at this, by the way. I thank tell you. everybody, you are extremely <laughs> good at this. Yeah, that went by very quickly. You're like, oh, we're already done? I can't believe yeah. it. Well, yeah. thank you, thank you. That is always, that is my gift, my gift, my gift. So thanks again. And that was another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast. Remember, in all that you do every day, transform your sales. Until next time.